Hello and thanks for joining us. My name's Ian Stroud. And my name is David Malone, and this is Hyperland. So what treats have you got for us today then, David? Um, well, you know, I've been chatting to you, and you always roll your eyes when I do. Yeah. Uh, about asteroid mining, and then I mentioned an <laughs> off-world bank. Yeah, I can hear you giggling already. No, no, you've not mentioned the off-world bank, or maybe haven't. Oh, I is that new listening. one? Is that new bit? I thought yeah. I told that you. No, because no. the reason I keep laughing about the asteroid mining is is there was a there was an asteroid that was passing quite close, and NASA sent up and got some samples of it. And I think I was reading that it comes close to us in orbit. Yeah. About every seven years. So I've got a picture of a red dwarf-like spaceship <laughs> flying up and all the people on it with hard hats and the little Davy lights <laughs> and the pickaxes. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, you see, you, you may find it amusing, but it's it's always been something that I've I've found odd is that all of our, um, well, nearly all of our um, sort of Hollywood stuff about... Yeah, about blown up the asteroids. Is, is, is always shiny military... You know, cadets going, yes, sir, the best of the best of the best, sir, and saluting each other. And it's a five-year mission. Or and, or it's people in sort of like vests, string vests. Well, that's more like it. You see, I don't think space is, uh, even in the medium term, is going to be restricted to MIT, you know, specky MIT graduates, yeah. astrophysics, um, PhDs, and NASA. Sooner or later... Space is going to be overrun by space bloke. Space bloke. I mean, you've mentioned this before because you said I said that you had interest with um, Hollywood and. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so back in the nineties, I, I wanted to do something on asteroid mining, and I got Hollywood agent involved, and uh, he got a, a big Hollywood star interested, and it all sort of grew and grew and grew, and eventually, as these things do. It sort of grew so large, it then one day just went pop, yeah. and that was the end of that. And I sort of learned a lesson that if you get these big people involved, then you lose control, and then it just sort of floats off into some I don't know Hollywood <laughs> ether. Where you lose control. You've lost control. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, I've kept an interest in it, and you know, twenty years, well, more than twenty years have gone by since since I was trying to do it the first time, and an yeah. awful lot has changed. So. I know it does seem like a weird thing, but the way I look at it is this, and tell me if you think this is daft or not, is, you know, you, we've got a whole crop of billionaires, some of whom are on their way to being trillionaires. Yeah. Um, and they have big thoughts. Why shouldn't we? Well, yeah. I mean, why should it be that they think big and then their big thoughts take us by surprise? We go, oh, my God, I didn't think about that. Why shouldn't we think about these things? Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Two things that have struck me, I mean, one is I'll talk about asteroid mining because crackers, as it may sound for a lot of people, it's not from a technological point of view or really from an economics point of view. Well, from resources, potentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and there are, you know, there, there are the usual things like, yeah, but how would you get it back here? I mean, who, you know, it take forever and all the rest of it. Fair enough. They're all good questions, but the interesting thing, they've all got answers. Yeah. And then recently I was thinking about, and I think it's a real possibility that we will, before very long, in a handful of years, see quite possibly the first off-planet bank. What? And 
Yeah, I know. I know it sounds old, but look, look at it this way. No, hang on. Um, when you say bank, you mean like like HSBC or Lloyd's? Yeah, or NatWest. It, it'll it'll yes, exactly. It'll probably be what's called a non-bank financial institution. I've got one big question then that I think our our listeners will be dying to know. <laughs> Yes. Would they give an account to Nigel Farage? Well, some people think he's a bit of a loon, which you know, <laughs> he's in his own orbit. So maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I do think banks are strange things anyway. And the one thing that is a lovely thing to have is your own bank. Yeah. Most people, we have, we go to uh, a bank and we have an account at a bank. But if you own your own bank then it's the ultimate billionaire's plaything. And you know when Silicon Valley Bank was going to go down? Well, when it did go down. When it did go down. One of the people who it was rumoured was interested was Elon Musk. What, and taking it over then? Yeah. Or, well, bailing it out and taking it over. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and I don't think that's, um, I I lend credence to that because uh, just recently uh, he was talking about how he was going to use X, uh, formerly Twitter, yeah. um, and wanted to turn it into uh, a a kind of a bank. In other words, a, a, a service okay. that would yeah. shift you around. And this follows on um, um, Facebook wanted to do the same thing. Remember, they were going to launch their own cryptocurrency and you were going to be able to shift your money. All You would handle all your monetary affairs would go through Facebook. So this so, is kind of like um, the equivalent of what we've got now, which is PayPal, maybe Apple Pay and things like that. Yes, except those are more like a Visa-like service. Right, you know? okay. Um, they were talking about, as far as I could discern, and don't forget I'm just on the outside like everybody else, uh-huh. that they were something that was a bit more like a bank. And... The thing is that the the non-banking financial sector, which means the big money market funds and ETF funds, they have grown massively. Um, I mean, truly massively. Um, Non-banking financial sector. uh, In 2008, it was reckoned to be worth 72 trillion euros. Yeah. Okay. That's on the eve of the financial crisis. Yeah. In 2021, the non-banking financial sector was estimated to now be worth, remember it was 72 in 2008, 2021, it's now estimated at 212 trillion. That's trillion with a T. That's a three times growth. Yeah. That's vastly bigger than any country's economy. (laughs) Um, and the the regulators are very worried about this because the non-banking financial sector isn't regulated the way the banks are so you might put these two things together and think "Hmm, since 2008 lots of regulations have been brought in to try and make banks less suicidally greedy Uh, yet at the same time more unregulated yeah, obviously, yeah. just pure coincidence. Yeah. But an interesting coincidence, don't you think? Yes. Um, so imagine now you're, a, you're a, a billionaire. Why not have your own bank? Why not? And we already know that Facebook and Elon Musk have both talked about making their social media platform yeah. into something that handles money. Yeah. Um, because obviously, 
if you're handling people's money while it floats through your account, you get to use it. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole business model of Visa if you boil it right down. Yes. And basically, yeah. Visa, you would think, how do Visa make any money? You spend money at a shop, but you don't actually hand over money. Visa gives them the money, and then later you give Visa a bit of money. Yeah. You think, well, how do they make any money out of that? And it's it's really easy. I mean, all you do is you put a slight delay between someone paying you money in yeah, and, and you it. paying it out. So, I mean, you know, all you need is uh, a few seconds delay. Yeah. And in that few seconds, you have that money. It's in your account. Yeah. Yeah. But when there's millions of people doing transactions 24 right. hours and a day. And each one of those delays yeah. overlapped with the previous one. Then at any time, you could have 100 million in your account. Yeah, yeah. And because there'll always be a hundred million in your account, yeah, it doesn't matter that it's different money each each and every second. Yeah, the amount is always there. It means you can invest that, you can spend it. Yeah, that's how they make their money. I mean, that that it, it, and when you boil it right down, that's the way it works. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's like to put put it physically, you imagine a, a water pipe. And you've just got water coming in one end and water going out the other. Yeah. And now let's put a tank in the middle of it. Let's split the pipe in half and in the middle of it, put a tank. And you'd still think, well, so what? You've got water coming in, water going out. All right. Now you do one very simple thing. You put the outflow part 10 inches, a few centimeters above the inflow. So now it's still just water going in and water going out. Nothing's changed except... The tank has to fill up a little bit before it starts flowing out. That's the equivalent of your slight time delay. Yeah. Right? Once that tank is full, once it's reached the outflow height, you've literally just got what you had with the pipe. Water flows in and exactly the same amount of water flows out the outflow. But there's always water in the tank, isn't there? Yeah. That's on the surface what Elon Musk and Facebook man were aiming at at its simplest but why not actually have a bank that where you can deposit money and you think well why would you be interested in putting your money in a, an off-world bank why would apple be interested in keeping hundreds of millions uh, in irish banks doesn't sell that many computers in ireland ireland's not in a real position to bail it out it did once but it wouldn't be able to do it a second time yeah well because it's a low tax environment if you had your own bank off-world, it could be a zero tax. Why? Because unlike the government of Ireland, you don't actually have to do anything for anyone. You don't have to build any roads. You don't have to put up any streetlights. You don't have to pay anyone's pension. You don't have to have a health service. Not that Ireland has many of these things. Yeah. Because the Irish government, unfortunately for the Irish people, like everybody else's government, is more concerned in servicing the rich than it is their own people. But with an off-world bank, you don't have any of those things. You don't. Plus, have, you also don't have a population to bail you out, if, as they have done in the past. But you've just alluded to they won't be able to do that again. Yes, exactly. These low tax environments. How many times can they bail things out? We're probably reaching the end of that road. You know, imagine if we, if the Irish had to bail out another eighty billion. They've just had two decades of, well, a decade and a half of of austerity imagine if their government said oh sorry got to do it again yeah mm, that's not an obvious political solution so 
Although, as you say, an off-world bank wouldn't have anyone to bail it out. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't need that. I mean, I was being a bit facetious. Yeah, no, but it's it's a reasonable question, I think. But I think the advantages are there. It would be not only zero tax. Yeah. So far lower. I mean, even low tax environments here are what twelve, eight percent. I think Goldman Sachs did a sweetheart deal. They got to set their own tax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be lovely? And I, I, this is from memory, but I remember. I've, I've seen to remember it was eight <laughs> percent. But you could offer them no tax, and because it's now not uh, under any country's jurisdiction, you could have. Zero inheritance tax, which if you're Jeff Bezos, yes. despite the fact that Jeff is trying to live forever, hence he invested all that money in Altos Labs. Yeah. <laughs> so he want to ha- he wants to hand all his money on to little Jeff. Right. He can. Yeah. Now you can go through all kinds of complicated things and put it in, you know, um, tax havens, and you can put it in um, all kinds of of legal entities. Yeah, but still going to be some inheritance. Put it in an, an off-world bank, and the off-world bank says no zero inheritance tax. So why not? Why wouldn't Elon Musk do this? So then the question is, well, how do you set up? Well, <laughs> that's what I was. I was just waiting for a break, and I was going to say, yeah, but okay. So there's no regulation. Um, mm-hmm. There's no address. Yeah, um, doesn't how, have to be incorporated anywhere. How, you can incorporate how, it. Yeah. Well, okay. Where you're going to have it is where does most of the financial transactions, where do they flow through? When someone does a deal in New York with someone in Hong Kong, how does the money get from A to B? How do they even talk to each other? <laughs> using what? Tinternet. Exactly. Which runs on? Um, uh, rails. <laughs> satellites is the word, I think. You're okay, satellites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has Elon Musk been doing for the last well, few years? Well, lots of satellites. I know that one. That's good. Right. So he's putting up a whole load of satellites. And at the moment, he's saying, and I have no reason to disbelieve him, uh, that he wants to you know, have this as a sort of private network for all the things we use satellites for, i.e. you know, global positioning yeah. and telephones, etc. But once he's got that, yeah. he then has the means for shifting anyone's money around. Okay, yeah. now let's take another thing that people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have been interested in, which is blockchain. I well, I was I was about to get on when you were sort of talking about sort of the way um, the credit cards work is is mm-hmm. is delaying the payment. So mm-hmm. basically, you end up with this big thing that, that you can you can move around. So you could, if you were interested, you could have put some money into FTX. Um, mm-hmm. And that didn't go too well. No, no. So there are um, there are plenty of examples of blockchain coins being scams of one kind or another. Yeah. Some of those scams, I think, really were scams. And some, when I've looked at the details, look to me like no more than your averagely shady financial dealing. So and that- what I mean by that is upstanding banks... When I say upstanding, I mean their buildings are still standing up. Yeah, yeah. Morals. They do all kinds of deals which are at least morally, if not legally, as shady as anything that has been done in the blockchain universe. So, the, the, which isn't to, which isn't to say they're not doing shady things. Yeah. It's just they're not unusually unshady. So the Bankman Fried case. Um, mm-hmm. What what was 
he kind of sort of says he didn't do anything on on purpose, but there was the the greed seemed to get in there. I can make a sure, bit more of sure. a do this. I can make a bit more of a do that. Of course, yeah. Which sounds to me like the everyday modus operandi of every financial institution I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not it's not my money, but um, I just <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, this is not something which has been unleashed upon the world because no. of blockchain technology. No. Okay. Okay. I explain blockchains then. I, I'm not going to go into the details of how blockchains work, partly because they're complicated, and partly because I don't understand fully all of the complications. I right. understand it in a rudimentary way. But okay. the key thing is that Elon Musk can put up his satellites, do it, have it do all the things that he said it's going to do, but yeah. then also say, by the way, I'm going to allow you to use this for moving blockchain, um, any kind of coin around, or and or he could say, and I'm going to invent my own. Yeah. Um, and the thing about that is once your money is in that, it's in what's called a distributed ledger. So in other words, there's no vault. Yeah. And a distributed ledger has lots of advantages. It, it, done in a certain way, it makes fraud very close to impossible for the average user. But the other thing is there's no vault that someone can rob. Yeah. Right? People can steal your your bitcoins. Um, there are ways of doing it, but yeah. it generally involves them physically getting hold of your Key. code. They have yeah. to look at it. Yeah. So let's say I, I had a you know a couple of billion lying around. I could invest in this, and then that couple of billion, which in an ordinary bank isn't sitting there in bits of green paper no. or in bars of gold. It's simply zeros and ones on a computer what now why not have the zeros and ones floating around on satellites yeah and because it's distributed even if you knocked out half of those satellites let's say somebody just took against elon and started shooting down his satellites well he'd only need one wouldn't he exactly it's a distributed ledger which means even if you knock down half of it no yeah. one's data has been lost yeah so it's it's actually very safe so now you've got a situation where no government can touch it. No government can come and say, you owe us money. Legally, he would say, this doesn't belong to any country. It doesn't come under yeah. anyone's jurisdiction. So I get to say what, what how this how happens. happens. So my point is, I think it's very likely that you're going to see not only um, the marriage of satellites and blockchain to create an off-world, non-financial banking sector, which in a sense, all the parts of that are already there, yeah. but actually incorporate it as an off-world bank. The only thing then is someone would say, well, how would you get your money here down back down on earth to to spend it on something? It's all very well having it out of everyone's reach up in, up in the sky, but yeah. I might want to buy myself, you know, a book or go out to dinner. Well, then you just need at least one bank down here which is what's called a corresponding bank. So, yeah. for instance, you could buy a failing bank like Silicon Valley. Yeah. And then, as well, the owner of Silicon just, yeah. Valley, you could say it's going to be a corresponding bank with my off-world bank. And, and they're both unregulated. Well, no, Silicon Valley Bank would be regulated by, in this case, America. Yeah. So you are going to need at least one country that's willing to do that. Yeah. Now, you could just go to some, um, you know, Vanuatu, <laughs> or you could go to some, you know, some country where you've got a lot of leverage and which is going to say yes to you. That's fine. You can do that once it's in, you know, yeah. 
Uzbekistan's national bank, then you know, you're fine. You've already got the money into the, the terrestrial system. Better would be if you have a large country that sees an advantage in, in this for them. And I think that's very likely. I think America would probably say yes to this. So I don't think there's any reason why this shouldn't happen. And it means that those extremely rich people now are part of this you know, burgeoning non-banking world and their bank is off planet and you therefore open up a whole new world of how that who gets to regulate it if anyone and the answer at the moment is nobody yeah yeah and and the only the only law that i know of that's sort of in this area was the 2015 oh god what was it called i think it was called the 2015 space act passed in america <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But these things happen without people noticing, because if, if clever, wealthy people think ahead, yeah, and yeah. that's why we're always surprised, and that's why I like thinking ahead. I mean, you know, you don't do run the risk of people saying, "What is he on about? It's just pure science fiction." I just don't think it is. You yeah, know, well, the 2015 <laughs> Space Act essentially said. In space, finders keepers. If you're a private enterprise and you go locate something valuable yeah. in space, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. No, I had heard. Now that's I law heard, in America that, already. Yeah, I had heard that was a law. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that seems to me that people are already thinking about this. Um, and you know, back then, Ted Cruz, you know, Texas, I might run for the presidency. Yeah. He he already said um, he, he he back then he said, oh, I think the first trillionaire will be coined in space. Oh, I didn't know, yeah. Yeah. So then this gets us onto the other side, asteroid mining, yeah. which everyone always says is crackers because, you know, they say, well, first of all, you've got to go and get this thing and yeah. it'll take a long time and it'll cost a lot of money and who's going to invest in that? People forget that to set up a new mine, like a huge copper mine in Papua New Guinea, that which is where one of the largest is, it takes decades. Yeah. And at least a billion, I think I saw something that was like $1.2 billion yeah. investment up front. Yeah. So people are willing to invest very large amounts of money. Over a long to period of time, even, yeah. even, even, even in a terrestrial mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, if I said, well, there's a huge lump of iron, uh, which would be worth a lot of money, which is true, then you're going to come, yeah, fine. How are you going to get that huge lump of iron down here? If you crash it onto the Earth, that's called an, an asteroid strike, and that's, you know, curtains for everyone. Is, is, there something in the, is there something in the 2015 Space Act about crashing asteroids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, <laughs> exactly. So you, you, no one's going to try and import from space iron to Earth. That's silly. But those same asteroids are incredibly rich in rare earth metals yeah your cobalts and your exactly the amount of platinum or iridium or cobalt that you would then need you might want to bring back to earth yeah is a payload you could put on spacex yeah yeah so you're not importing hundreds of tons of iron you're importing a few tons of something that's worth billions and billions and billions well, I mean, this is this is exactly what's just um, come back down. That uh, was it. Was it NASA that were behind it? It was the Osiris Rex. NASA put up, um, uh, I think it was back in two thousand, something like eighteen, nineteen, the Psyche mission, 
to a, an asteroid called 16 Psyche. Right. Um, and they they looked at what was in it and they realized that um, I think someone made a, a guess at how much it was worth. And it was worth several trillion. Right. Uh, this one asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot of them up there. Yeah, the, the Osiris Rex launched in 2016 and reached Bennu in 2018. Okay. And it spent two years orbiting there before it got close enough to snatch uh, a sample of loose surface material on October the 20th, 2020. So, I mean, it, it's, it's been done, and that's that's really isn't kind of like out there in the yeah. same way as I'm going, what? <laughs> but it's only because I'm thinking, right, is there going to be a cash machine on this? <laughs> Do I have to go up there to get my money out? No, uh, I mean... But obviously, you, yeah. It's not going to be for you anyway. No. Um, these things are worth several trillion. Yeah. Just a single asteroid. And what you're interested in is the rare earth metals. Yeah. Um, and water. I mean, one of the early ideas is that there's a whole lot of, I think they're called chondrite um, asteroids, which are slushy asteroids. In other words, they contain a lot of water. And you, yeah. water is very important for two things. One, if you want to send people up there. And second, as a propellant. Right. I mean, one of the ways they're going to move things around, asteroids, is not through the antimatter drive, yeah. but with jet, en jet engines. Basically, you boil water and shoot it at the back. It'll be steam. Yeah. Some of what happens in space is going to be steam driven. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy. You know, you get on a you know one of these slushy asteroids. You set up a solar collector. You put a kettle on the back of it. You point the spout the opposite way from where you want to go and let it boil. And yeah. guess what? The asteroid will move. <laughs> That's all you need. And I've seen I've seen technical drawings of such a propulsion unit. It's basically a kettle. Yeah. <laughs> but now Elon Musk a few years ago said, "Oh, I think I think asteroid mining is bogus." But <laughs> well, I, don't, yeah, I don't know whether he believed I'd say that. that if I was if I was investing in it, I wouldn't want everyone. Well, else. you see, I think he may have thought that at the time, and I think he's probably changing his mind. Yeah. Uh, or. He didn't think that at the time, but decided to say it because the 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 potential wealth there is extraordinary, and some of it you will import back to Earth. So you've got a ready market. You know, if, if you can import the kind of rare earth metals that you're going to need for electric vehicles, yeah. and all of the, the rarer earth metals that are at the moment China has a bit of a stranglehold on, yeah. you say I can mine these from a, a near earth asteroid and as you say even one that circles every seven years so well, you land what you need on it it does its work yeah and seven years, seven years hence which an investment timeline for a mine is not much and it delivers the first payload of what it's been mining yeah and then goes away for another seven years and does it again and that's if you don't even bother capturing the damn thing which you can do you can capture an asteroid and put it in a, a geostationary orbit that say a, a lagrange point for instance yeah well, I'd sign up for that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the pay's good. Here's the other part of why I think these people are looking at it. This kind of asteroid mining is not going to be done by space bloke because people in space is a bad idea because it's a big, wobbly bag of water <laughs> that you have to keep at a very, very narrow range of temperatures. Too cold and the damn thing freezes, too hot and it explodes. Yeah. So people are dreadful things to take them to space. They're big, they're heavy, they're mostly made of water, and they're really, really fragile. Yeah. 
for most of asteroid mining, you don't need people. All of the sort of getting things to asteroids, where the asteroid is going, it's all Newtonian mechanics. It's yeah, yeah. mathematically yeah. simple. Yeah. And the actual manufacturing of stuff, mining, is itself quite simple. Yeah. So most asteroid mining is going to require two things. One, rockets. Yeah. Two, AI. Now, what are the two big things that people like Musk and the Google people, what are they investing in? Yes, AI and rockets. Thank you. Yeah. Now, th at the moment, everyone says, oh, well, you know, it's just a... It, Rockets is just a plaything of the super rich. I don't think so. And it's not just space tourism either. No. They're, they're putting together everything they need to then be able to actu actually and efficiently mine an asteroid for rare earth metals. And on a timeline that's not that out of keeping with what it would take to create a new mine today. No, no, I mean, you, you could probably envisage something like this happening in the next decade. Right. And that, in an investment, I mean, I know everyone says, oh, investments are always just, you know, about the next quarter. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of money that the moment is going into bonds that have a maturity of 50 and even 100 years is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So there is money around bond market money, Yeah. which is happy with his enormous long timeline now obviously you know if you buy a 50-year bond or a 100-year bond you don't get your capital back but you do get regular payments and more important than those regular payments is as long as everyone has faith that in the end that bond will continue to pay its coupon you know it, it's um uh, the coupon just means the the, the interest payments and you're going to get your capital back at the end yeah then that piece of paper, your bond, is money good. In other words, other people will take that bond as payment for things, just like a five-pound note in your pocket. Yeah, I promise to pay. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it it is money by any other name. So as long as someone says, okay, there is a physical asteroid, we've sampled it, and it is full of massive amounts of plutonium and iridium and cobalt and all kinds of other yummy things that we need. Yeah. And we've got the relatively simple technology which we can land on it and it'll start to mine the stuff. Then why wouldn't you have faith in that? Yeah. You, you own something which you've sampled and you know it's, it's worth several trillion. And that's, that's the, the amount of money. I mean, one of these, a giant asteroid, just the gold on it was worth seven hundred quintillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, just um, just to the, give you an idea, uh, there's a company my brother told me about, uh, Liontown. They're in Australia. They commenced work on a Kathleen Valley mine in 2017, and it didn't start construction until 2022. Okay, it was there you go. Tier one lithium project there's there's always people that are sort of five years looking ahead going right well i'm going to invest in this because in five years time they might start building and they might start yeah. digging, pulling it out and, and, but and even, so much of so much of the infrastructure of what we need is going on you know like there is there are a number a number of countries who are now looking at manufacturing in microgravity yeah and yeah 3d printing in microgravity yeah. there's at least one company i've forgotten its name now so yeah. 
you what you're going to need therefore is a power source well there's an abundance of power in space yeah um you then need to deliver the mining machinery to the asteroid and have it clamp on which is clamping it on is not hard yeah uh, and then better would be if what you land on the asteroid is not directly the mining equipment itself but a machine which can 3d print mining equipment the, none of these things require us to discover new scientific principles yeah because if you say we've got to invent new science well the timeline for that is you know whatever you think it is yeah yeah but we don't need new science a lot of it's already yeah 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 so the timelines for that become a shorter and b you can trust them more yeah it can't be worth nothing that back when i first looked at this in the 90s luxembourg had already set up a part of its government for space mining yeah so a whole country had and that country is known mostly for money fine yeah <laughs> so so you know you've got all of these arrows all pointing at the same thing so i think it's going to happen I think you're going to have space-based bank and I think you're going to have asteroid mining and the two are linked. And I think you might get the bank first. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember watching Jerry Anderson's Space 1999. I don't know if you remember that. So, I, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I can I can see there being something out there without the people. So what's the end result? All of this happens and certainly big parts of it I can I can totally see happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's, what's the context for... The population of Earth, then, minus well, these these half a dozen very rich people, who then are going to be, you know, they're going to have uh, so much political leverage. Yes, I, I think that's the first lesson: is that you you will now have. I mean, we've had examples of this before when you had things like the Fuggers Bank, um, or you had the the Templars Bank, yeah. where the bank was more powerful than any country you would then say well surely countries would just take it down well it only takes one country to defect and say yeah we could see being allied with these people would help you know america says well you know all of these billionaires are our billionaires yeah why not have the 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 conduit from all of that pile of money now in space run through run through us yeah why wouldn't they do that yeah and then you say well what happens if there's a crash yeah, but those banks aren't tied to the kind of silly stuff yeah. which caused a crash, like you know um, subprime. Yeah, this bank in space wouldn't be tied to that. Plus, it's not going to be a bank for you and me. It's going to be a bank already for the super wealthy, mm-hmm. and they're so super wealthy that if there was some unforeseen crash, I think you'd end up where they would get bailed out just the same way that Silicon Valley Bank got bailed out. Remember, they yeah, bailed yeah. it out and it didn't have any deposits from mum and dad. Yeah. It was mostly Silicon Valley startups, big money, and yeah. they bailed it out because you don't want those people and their pile of capital suddenly to evaporate. And I think that's the situation that this off-world bank would be in. And this private pile of cash in a bank that they control, that nobody regulates, it's its own country, it's a sovereign bank, is also tied to the most attractive um, source of new investment for capital, i.e. asteroids. Some of that material will be brought back to Earth as the most valuable um, 
minerals, which everyone needs. Without it, your electric cars won't work and your iPhones don't work. Yeah. It has geopolitical importance, and it's now that geopolitical clout is in, in the hands of a small coterie of people, you know, a yeah. few dozen at yeah. most. So the, the global political landscape shifts massively, absolutely massively. Yeah. Um, and will it make everyone richer? Well, obviously, they're going to say it, it's going to make everyone rich, you know. I believe that if you want to, because I've heard that story way too many times. I think you described it as a, as like a, a donkey with diarrhea and, and shit running down its legs. Yeah, that trickles down. <laughs> Something like that, I can't remember. So I, I think there's, it changes the geopolitical landscape massively. It creates a class of trillionaires who will have a kind of wealth and power which we've not seen before. Yeah. None of which is the kind of thing where you can send in the Marines and they can just take it. I mean, and it, it does, it does begin to open up uh, a near earth economy, which will, I then think, I mean, if all of that happens, and I don't think we're looking about a very long timeline, then you do begin to get a proper economy in space. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you would begin to get the more, the, the things that do sound more familiar from science fiction, like you would, I think, someone would create a rotating habitat carved out from the inside of a, a small asteroid in space and all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and that was where originally back in the 90s were looking at it. It was part of a project called Arkship. I, I wanted to, the, the project I wanted to do, which I still want to do, was to say, it was to, to sketch out the project of how we could create a, a spaceship, an Arkship, meaning, as another word for it, it's a generation ship, could we colonize a planet around another star? That was my question. And I said, in the 90s, I said, I think we already have most of the technology and the technology we don't have, we know what that technology needs to be and we're working on it. So yeah. you could create a sort of science fiction, real science project where you would sketch out, you'd employ scientists to say, this is how it would be done. Yeah. Um, and I still think that would make a fantastic series. And, and as I said, it got close. Um, but what I've now looked at is all this nearer stuff, all the stuff that happens before you get to that stage and that all of that stuff that's going to happen first transforms the world. And yeah. I think it will happen fairly soon for no other reason than global capital really now does need new places to put that capital if it wants to continue to grow and capitalism needs to grow, yeah. whether you like it or not. So there you go. That's my thought for today. Well, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention Planetary Resources. It was a company that's gone now. One of the big investors was Schmidt from Google. They've all been investing in it. I thought it and was like that, Larry that, Page. That, that company Google. was acquired by a blockchain company. So there's all sorts of movements happening in that world Yeah. that we're largely unaware of, but are happening. Fascinating. So there you go. Yeah. I think the first off World Bank is on its way. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review. And if you'd like to leave a comment, which would be great, we've set up a Hyperland Substack. So go to Substack, look up Hyperland, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you've got ideas that we should cover, that would be great too. That's, That's all I need. Thank you.